On this episode of Lead That Thing, I talk to Susan Drum, leadership coach and CEO advisor. Welcome back, everyone. Today, my guest is Susan Drum. Susan is a CEO advisor and leadership coach focused on helping leaders and their teams to develop the capacity and mindsets to lead in today's disruptive environment. Her consulting firm, Meritage Leadership, has worked with private equity firms and their emerging portfolio companies, as well as large corporations such as Oracle, Viacom, KPMG, A&E Networks, and others. Susan has graduate degrees from Harvard Law School, Carnegie Mellon University, and the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you. So tell us about what juicy topic you're bringing the audience today and how did you learn about it? Yes. So I am passionate about the Enneagram, which is an archetypal model of nine different leadership styles. And I love it because it really helps leaders understand their direction for growth and how to grow based on your type. And I'm trying to think, it's so funny, that question, how did I learn about it? Because I've been working with it for about eight years now. And um, I think it was just from another coaching colleague and uh, got very interested in it and uh, decided to do uh, training on it and certification program. And it's been a deep part of my work ever since. Wow. That's pretty fascinating to me. So nine different leadership styles. It must be hard to even just get a handle on one leadership style, right? <laughs> so so tell me, like, having all this knowledge, right? Uh, like, wow, there are nine different leadership styles and it applies to uh, different people in different ways. So how do you kind of recognize that, hey, this is something I need to share with people? And how did you go about doing that? How did you recognize the need? How did you go about actually starting to spread this knowledge uh, across more people? Yeah, it's um, so, so what you do is you take an assessment to understand which of the nine are you. And so you have one style um, and you learn first about that style. And there's a lot of variation in it. So it's not just sort of a one size fits all, but um, there's more detail, there's subtypes. So for each, each type, there are three subtypes. And I learned about it from, for myself. So what was my type? Um, it's, it's type seven, which is the enthusiastic visionary. And each type has a gift and a blind spot. So I was curious to know, you know, what is my blind spot? What is that aspect and what if, am I am I doing the right work that leverages what my gift is and uh, I, I would say yes definitely but exploring the blind spots has been really illuminating and so the more I'm always someone who I walk the talk so I want to make sure that I'm I'm doing the work around this and if I'm getting huge value then I want to share it with others and help them understand um, but at the end of the day, what is powerful about it is um, the work I do with teams and using this, because when the when you know other people's Enneagram type, 
then you can more easily understand what drives them or motivates them. You know, there's other assessment tools out there like Myers-Briggs or DISC or some others. Mm-hmm. And those usually talk about what you do, but the Enneagram answers a different question, which is why you do it, your motivator, your driver. And your behaviors can look very different, but from person to person that has the same type, but if the driver, the motivator is the same, that's that's what really matters. And to look at, because when we know the motivator, then we can more easily identify the direction of growth for you as a leader. You know, it's not like one size fits all when it comes to growing. You know, if I try to be like another leader and we're entirely different leadership style types, you know, I'll never be like such as, right? So what is for me my growth path? And that's why I found this tool to be super powerful because it does outline that for you. The model itself outlines it. And it also outlines who is most valuable for you to partner with that are potentially filling in your blind spots. However, those people can also potentially be your biggest triggers, meaning they trigger you. So what I do is help teams learn to move out of kind of getting triggered by each other and learn to harness the value of what that person is bringing that is a blind spot for you. And so at the end of the day, it's building empathy, it's building emotional intelligence, and the way I describe it is it's, it's building cognitive diversity, right? Because we eat, there's, there's, you know, the analogy is, you know, we, as we're, we think we're like a chameleon and can see 360 degrees, but really we just have like a certain set, you know, there's only certain things we can see up to our peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. And yet we think that's the whole world. There's stuff you're not seeing behind your head and someone else has that view. And so as opposed to keep pointing to the fact of what you see, if you can point to like, if you can understand that you don't see everything and someone else can see things that you can't see and what, how much better off your team will be if you can actually use that for good as opposed to using that for conflict, that's basically the focus of our work. Wow. So much information there and so many questions. So you hit on so many things. I'm going to touch on them one at a time. So I love the fact that you're saying these uh, different styles talks about your gift and your blind spot and blind spot is so big, right? Towards the end, you talked about how other people can help you zone in on that blind spot or help you identify it because that's why it's a blind spot, right? Right. uh, Is there something to be said there about self-reflection also forcing you to look at how you function and uh, maybe see some of those mistakes that or some things that you could do better as a result if if something has been identified to you as a blind spot. Yes, for sure. And that's that's what the power power of the model is. So there it it identifies who you can learn from based on that blind spot on the Enneagram model itself, which is basically essentially a circle with some interconnecting lines in it. So you learn from the numbers on either side of you. So for me as a seven, I learn from um, there's things that the eight has to teach me and the type six that has to teach Mm -hmm. me. And then I also learn from my arrow lines that are part of, there's an arrow, two arrows 
one leading towards my number and one leading away from the number. And um, those are type one and type five. So each of those four types are particularly important guides for me. Mm -hmm. And the work that we do when we debrief this with individuals is to say, you know, here's typically what people could learn from these types. Um, what do you see for yourself in right. terms of what you can learn? Um, and then also like what bought you probably know someone like this type, what bothers you about them and mm -hmm. why? And we kind of explore that in more depth to create more um, opening and awareness uh, around the value of it. Yeah. And, and definitely, I think for that to be successful is for the individual owning that, hey, this is a blind spot, you know, and that, that's what would lead to the success of, of the model, right? So just to reemphasize, sometimes it's always easier to, to point to the outside, right? <laughs> and a lot of us do that until we can actually own like, oh, here's, here's something where I can improve. So then the other thing you talked about was the why, which is so powerful, right? I mean, we go through life sometimes just following your routine, your day-to-day. -day, and the fact that this model is going to tell you what's your driver, what's your why, I think that that makes definitely, obviously, tries back to your motivation, but gives you much more drive to move towards that direction. And it helps leaders and the rest of your team to understand where you're coming from and and why you behave the way you behave right what your yes. what your motivation in life is uh, and then when you talked about triggers i was wondering is that purely a negative thing or could that be a positive trigger or in this context is it purely negative well i think what i uh, zone in on is where the individual might see it as a negative thing, but the work is to show it out how it's actually, there's some positive things in there and an understanding on why, like, yeah, I get it. I get why. And can they see why that would be the case? And yet there's something there to learn because if you take too much of your type, you know, yeah. and, and the way this works is you each have something to learn from each other. It's not right. just you learning from these other types. They're learning from you. So the mm -hmm. arrows go both ways, right? The, mm -hmm. and, and the ones on either side. So you have, you, this, you have something to learn um, from them and they have something to learn from you. Okay. Okay. That's, that, that's good. I like that. Uh, and then the final thing that you said that was so resonates with me is cognitive diversity. How important is that in today's world? Like even yeah. beyond organizations is just like, that's just the value of an organization, society, and you can go bigger and bigger, the world where we each bring something different to the table. And if you take innovation, it's like, let's go smaller again, innovation in a team having diversity of thought, right, brings all these different ideas that you that help you consider what would be a good solution rather than you have a homogenous group of people and you're like, all think the same. And yes, let's all agree. This is all great. And yeah, that you're going to probably have a much more subpar, subpar and end result, right? Or very narrow, narrow-minded end result. And you're not really getting that big picture or representation for whoever you want to develop your product for, right? And I love that. I love that um, this kind of gives you that nice, 
framework to say like, okay, let's let's see who all can be paired together, who can help each other. You're improving team dynamics through this exercise. Yes. So now you've done this work, you work with a lot of different companies on this, like what have you personally as a coach or even just as a, as a professional what have you learned? What have you gained from sharing this message? Personally, what I've learned is the need for me to move towards the type five, which is the analytical specialist who tends to go inward and, and uh, spend a little bit more time alone. I'm very extroverted and I can kind of be a go, go, go person. And I can deplete myself by being out there and overscheduling and having so much. And, you know, and, and they say the vice, each type is a virtue and a vice. My, the vice is gluttony. And it's not gluttony in terms of food. It's gluttony in terms of more workshops, more whatever, you know, yeah. more ideas that are exciting and stimulating. And yet I can get myself depleted. So one of the big things I learned is to move towards type five which is very good about creating boundaries and creating containers, like almost sep like separating work from, mm. you know, personal and creating privacy and um, creating space to restore. And so for me, again, that era was like, what can I learn from the five? One of the biggest things that I had to learn to do was to, to start a meditation practice and for my type, that's very difficult. Like there's just too many things to do. I don't have time for that. But what I learned is I have to do it and I'm much more effective if I do. So I don't miss a day. I meditate now every morning. And if you had told me that, you know, two, three years ago, I'd be like, there's no way I can do this. But what I learned is I, I have to do Like for me to be effective, I'm so much more effective when I do it. And so I had the model really showed me why it showed me how, and it just gave me more of a reason to put the commitment in. Hmm. That's really interesting because you learn so much about yourself and how you can improve as a leader. And then once you live it, you believe in that model for, for sure. And then when you see it in the, in your teams you're working with, you're able to really uh, provide that advice based on your own experience, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so understanding that and then just watching how the other powerful thing is that um, what I've learned in watching others is there's different stages of development. So um, there's kind of a low self-awareness type two, and then there's a high self-awareness type two. And the higher self-awareness just means that they've integrated more of the of those four mm -hmm. types that I've mentioned that they've learned to, to take the balance. So you can, you know, you can have very different levels of, of one different type, right? And no type is better than another. It's all about what's the level of self-development that you're at in your type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So can you tell us a success story from one of your exercises and going in, um, going in and teaching about the, the Enneagram? Yeah. Well, just in a good example of what it's like to work with a team, um, the team, one team I worked with was heavily weighted also towards my type, which is funny, type seven. And so type seven are great brainstorming partners. They're always looking at what can be done. 
they're optimistic. They're like, yeah, we could do this and then we could do that. And, and they love that process. Um, and they had one type six in on their team. They had some other members too, but it was about three type sevens, one type six, and I think like two other types. But the type six got very triggered by all the seven brainstorming and all these amazing ideas because the type six, which is the troubleshooter, looks at basically the opposite. Like what, what are the potential dangers and risks? And they see it very clearly. And they also see much more clearly like what it's going to take to implement something. So, you know, the sevens would have the wild hair ideas and the six is going, oh my God, like, come on, yeah. can we just also, can we just implement the thing we came up with last month versus bringing on some new ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And and she was so frustrated, she was ready to quit um, and, and leave the team. And the sevens were just like, you know, they kind of poo-pooer, like, oh, yeah, you know, yes, we know it's not going to work and you're Debbie Downer and, you know. <laughs> And it wasn't until we did this work where the sevens could really learn, hey, you need to listen to this voice. This is super helpful. And I know we get why it's triggering, but this is a valuable, you need to be able to see both sides of the coin before you make a decision. So they kind of learn to respect that voice a lot more, give it more space. And at the same time, she needed to learn how to bring her her negativity in a different way, which is not just to shut the ideas down, but mm -hmm. maybe provide a solution. Um, say, well, this won't, I'm not sure this will work, but here's an idea that might, right? Is what, what can what? work. And that's much more palatable to a seven. So that's, that's just a, kind of an example of the way this works so powerfully in teams when they get to understand each other in a deeper way and now can work more effectively versus just being rooted in their personality leadership style. Right. You cannot be successful either as a team member or as, you know, a leader of teams, unless you actually understand the people that you're working with. And here you're building it in with this framework to say that, look, these are the people in your team and these are these are the things that are important to them. And this is how we can work better together. So I like that framework and that support that you're you're providing this team for them to be more successful. That was a great, that was a great story. Yeah. So then uh, what would you say, like if you could provide one word of advice for aspiring leaders or current leaders, what would you what would you say that would be? Um, well, we'll talk about um, how you can figure this out, but I really encourage people to take a look at the Enneagram and um, uh, get uh, tight, you know, understanding which style you are and look at, use it as a tool to say, what can I learn? How can I grow? Because if you're not growing, you know, things are changing all the time. You've got to, you kind of, kind of keep up with the escalating rate of change. So um, this to me is just a, a model that it's so rich. It's like peeling an onion. It's so rich. It's so deep. You keep peeling, you keep learning more and more. I mean, that's, what's been fascinating for me about it um, because as a seven, I'll get bored easily. And this is something I've stuck with because there's just constant new learnings with it. So, yeah. So I would encourage them to get typed and then explore, um, the, the, a little bit more, the, the strengths and the gifts show to people that know you. Um, and, and so we can share a little bit about how you can, um, you know, 
do the assessment and then and then find out what you do. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. you should do. That sounds good. So if they want to learn how to do this or learn more about you and your company, how can they do that, Susan? So um, you just go to susandrum.com slash lead that thing. So that's S-U-S-A-N-D-R-U-M-M.com slash lead that thing. And there you can get a download that will give you information about how to take an Enneagram assessment, some additional, you know, even if you already know your type, we've got a ton of resources and tools that apply that type to different leadership competencies, like how to give feedback to a type two, how to delegate to a type four, right? And so a lot of, lot of uh, detail that will help you with certain or how to build trust with certain types, right? And so we've got all of that as well. And there'll be a, a link on there as well and just more information about the Enneagram. Thanks, Susan. I'm gonna check that out for sure. And I think that was really great information and different way to look at how to build successful teams and how to lead successful teams. So thank you so much for joining me today, Susan. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Love to be on it and talk about the thing I, I'm passionate about. <laughs> Lead That Thing is a production of Optim LLC, helping businesses define strategies for growth, strategize, energize, optimize. Join me next week on Lead That Thing to hear about how people are going out there to make a difference in their lives and for others. Until then, lead that thing.